1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome back to Sports Day. Nice to have your company and lovely to have Daniel Garb. Love his work as sports broadcaster, ABC, AFL commentator, part of the net podcast. What else can we throw in there, Garby? Welcome to the show. Awesome.
0: Oh. Perth boy, 6PR product, that's always been one uh, Carlos, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I was telling, Scoey, a bit of the history back uh, in your younger days when you rocked up, mate, after finishing your education, which was fantastic, and it's great to see you go on and uh, achieve what you have made in the industry. It's been absolutely awesome, and uh, the round game is a sport that you love, and you spent some time overseas, and we've seen some really interesting results as we focus in on the EPL to start tonight.
0: Well, we have. I mean, Arsenal are tracking along very well. That was a big game on the weekend, the Gunners and uh, and Liverpool. And Arsenal are just keeping on keeping on at the moment. Um, they haven't hit any sort of hurdle yet, which their fans, including Will Schofield, uh, have yes. expected to happen. Maybe that will come when the Europa League hots up a little bit and they have to play their best team twice a week. Maybe they'll get tested a bit more then. I don't think anyone expects them to, to knock off Man City for the title just yet. But... Uh, they're going along beautifully and they beat Liverpool for the first time in a while in the league or in a meaningful game anyway at uh, the Emirates on the weekend. And, yeah, the likes of Saka and Martinelli on the wing are giving them just so much drive and excitement. Jesus has been a wonderful signing, of course. And, yeah, maybe a couple of decisions went their way against Liverpool, but uh, they created chances, put the Reds under pressure. And, uh, yeah, I guess they're the story at the top of the table to uh, to commence the campaign under Mikel Arteta.
2: Garvey, it sounds like you're a Liverpool supporter. You don't go for Liverpool, do you? I do. <laughs> I knew you, bloody did. You're talking it down. Arsenal, they they will win the championship. Mark my words. You might oh, not, come on. You, might, you won't hear it from me again, but they will under Mikel Arteta. Yes, that's right. I'm an Arsenal fan. What about Cristiano <laughs> Ronaldo? He kicks his 700th goal. It's about time. He hasn't kicked, the, kicked one for a little while.
0: Yeah, he came off the bench, actually. So he's struggling for a starting spot at Manchester United, um, and they seem to be tracking along pretty well with that in mind. Um, he just... He can't offer enough, I think, in a defensive sense, and which is weird to say for one of the greatest goal scorers ever, but you do have to defend from the front these days. You do have to press a lot, and perhaps that's just a bit beyond him. So he's a bit more of an impact player at United, but they had an early injury against Everton. He comes on, scores a fantastic goal. He's finishing, he's still top class. But when you're trying to build a new team, and maybe he's not quite the best option. So that's still rumbling on. Um Ronaldo's discontent, I'm sure, without starting big games and his desire to go to a big Champions League club, but they don't really want him at the moment, probably for the reasons I highlighted before. So, yeah, how that sorts itself out come January, we'll wait and see. He'll obviously have a big role to play for Portugal come the World Cup, but that was a big goal for him. Big win for Manchester United away to Everton, who had a big dip in the Manchester derby, where City touched them up in a big way, as they do to most teams. But the overall, under Eric Ten Hag, it seems to be a better trajectory for Manchester United at the moment.
1: Now, speaking of Manchester United, British billionaire Jimmy Ratcliffe has made a pitch to the the Glazer, is it? The Glazer family who own the club. Uh, They've told him that they are not for sale. Fans not happy that the debt has grown by 23% to $893 Australian dollars, but not for sale, they say.
0: Yeah, so that would frustrate United fans, but the Glazers continue to pour millions and millions of pounds into their football team. I understand that uh, supporters are unhappy with the ownership, and for good reason. United have faded away enormously since Sir Alex Ferguson left, and I'm sure the Glazers deserve plenty of blame, but they've still pumped a lot of cash into the football team. They just haven't got any results. Maybe that would change under Eric Ten Hag, so... Yeah, who knows if that would stay the same under new owners or not. Uh, we'd have to wait and see. But uh, they certainly want the Glazers out in a big way, and they probably won't stop protesting until that happens.
2: Uh, Garby, what about our boy Postecoglou's Celtic in the Champions League? No good.
0: Yeah, that was a disappointing result this morning against RB Leipzig. That's probably one they would have looked at and thought, yeah, that's the chance to get a victory in Europe at home against a beatable side. Uh, they just couldn't quite manufacture the chances they would like in the final third and then got caught by some uh, smart finishing the other way from a former Chelsea forward in Timo Verma especially. So, yeah, disappointing one. They won't make it through the group. Hopefully they can nab a Europa League spot. That would be great. But that would disappoint Ange. Um, He's obviously done an incredible job there at Celtic to get them to the stage, to win the title. But he would have loved a big Champions League win. He might still get it. But, so they probably just underperformed in Europe. They just don't have the cattle to match it with the best team. So Ange would have had high expectations in the Champions League, hasn't quite matched them, but still plenty to gain for him this season in Scotland.
1: Uh, we're speaking to Daniel Gar, part of the Nest podcast. Now, mate, so what about our girls, the Matildas, defeating a top 20 opponent for the first time, uh, defeating Denmark
0: 3-1? Important win for Tony Gustafsson and uh, the Matildas, mainly for him as coach, to be honest, because, So the Home World Cup's coming up next year, obviously, and the form hadn't been good enough under him. And I think there would have been some question marks at Football Australia as to whether he's the right man to take the team into such an important moment like a Home World Cup. He still needs to keep these results coming through early next year for that to be fully um, nailed on, that he is the man. But uh, that was a big performance and result by the team for him to knock off Denmark in their own backyard. It's one of the better results, maybe since the Olympics, to be honest, when Australia did reasonably well in that tournament. I think that will just make him feel a whole lot better about his position and, and the team gaining confidence ahead of uh, that tournament. So that was a big one for him. Other than that, it's just a hit out. But those games were almost put on to just try and build some confidence. Denmark wasn't the easiest encounter, away from home, and uh, that will certainly be a confidence booster for him and the side.
1: All right. Uh, Just as we let you go, just going back to that Liverpool blood that is running through your veins, uh, you've gone from well-beaters to mid-table fodder right now. (laughs) Liverpool?
0: Yeah. We are a little bit. Um, Yeah, they're struggling. They really are. I mean, there just seems to be a defensive lapse at the moment, a bit of lethargy, which has been around probably from the start of the season. Uh, they're lacking a bit in defence midfield. Fabinho's struggling at the moment, so he's not offering the back four enough protection. And uh, they're being caught out as a result. Uh, Arsenal certainly exposed Liverpool in, in that sense. And then Mohamed Salah, who was the best player in the league last season, just about, has been nowhere near it. You signed that big contract, big money, and it's almost as if the magic has gone. Um, and I think those two factors have had a huge bearing on Liverpool's season. They need to get Salah back to his best. They need Fabinho to provide that steal in midfield. And then they can start moving in the right direction. But uh, they've got some big issues right now, and the league title is obviously beyond them. Can they make the top four? Sure. Can they have a good run in Europe? Perhaps. But they need to get going pretty quick.
2: Hey, Daniel, uh, while while you go, it's uh, AFL trade period finishing up today, tonight. Um, I've seen a bit of action on social media on your behalf around Uh, homesickness and and the comparison between the round ball game and and AFL. Can you just expand on a little bit? Because I've I've got to be honest, I kind of uh, agree with everything you're saying.
0: (laughs) Good. Um, I'm always worried when you've got an opinion, Will, because I know you're pretty ardent on them. So I was hoping you'd agree with me on that one. Um, Yeah, look, I think it's just a a real frustration to see the the go-home factor in in the AFL at the moment. Not so much with players who want to move in the middle of their careers. That's okay. I think it's becoming a frustration when you hear about it at draft level, that's when it's starting to irritate, and you just see what oh, you know, I see. What players in the world game have to go through to to make their dreams come true? Basketball fans would know what young Aussie basketballers have to do. Young tennis players, young golfers. I know it's a completely different set of circumstances. I know that they have to go overseas in order to make it to the top, and there are different cultures around it. But it just feels like it's getting out of control, and um, when it starts to seep into draft level in the manner in which it is, when you've got Victorian kids telling clubs, I'm not going to move interstate, so don't pick me. Um, it's a worrying trend, and it's seemingly, get, seemingly getting worse and worse by the year. And it compromises the draft. And the go-home factor after a year or two is an issue as well, obviously. And I just like to see them toughen up a little bit. Like, it's not that bad, is it? How how could it be living two hours away, getting paid good money to live your dream? Why wouldn't you want to do that? But it feels like mentally it's becoming a condition that's an issue at the moment, unless you've got a family issue. If you have that full uh, sympathy, I reckon, and that's a different set of circumstances. But other than that, um, it just seems like it's it's a bit of a problem for the AFL to perhaps sort out, or else the equality of the actual game becomes compromised when the draft system is uh, is starting to, to become tilted in that sense.
1: Garvey, thank you very, very much for your time. I always value your opinions, and you're a bloke who stepped out of his comfort zone, and he spent uh, a lot of time away from home and in different parts of the world. Thank you very much for joining us tonight.
0: All right. Thanks, boys. All the best. Good on
1: you. Daniel Garb there, part of the Nest podcast, as I said, and a sports broadcaster. Nice to have him on the program. Thanks to barbecues galore. Uh, go to iCanWin.com.au to win a Ziggy by Ziegler and Brown barbecue this summer. Back after the break, we'll have a chat to Mark Allen next.